If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. To 2-2, two, two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go, and here's Ozil. Hello, welcome to another Touchy Gunas podcast. My name is Lewis. I'm joined by some of the usual suspects there. I've got German Dan. What's good, bro? Yeah, all good, man. Uh, we got we got Shabs, Pagan. Yo, yo, yo. Pagan Shabs. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Talk your shit now, player. <laughs> and uh, we got Nigerian Dan as well. How you doing, man? Yo, what's going on, man? Well, lads, look, there's obviously... Uh, I guess it depends which way you want to look at it, right? Like, there's there, there could be a lot to talk about, or there could be not so much to talk about. It depends on what we want to, well, how we want to go about things, right? But I guess, I guess we're, we're a podcast, so I guess we should probably talk about the matter at hand. Before we do so, um, make sure to uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. So, you touchy gooners, if you don't already follow us on the socials, you can find us there. If you want some like extra content, um other than your usual thursday podcast and you can uh sign up to our patreon for as little as three pound a month and you can get some bonus content so last week we did a leads preview which um you know probably would have been a lot of a bit of fun if we had if we had won the game afterwards but you know 
it is what it is. And I'm sure we're, we're going to be doing another patron piece this week as well. We're just not sure what on yet. But I was right with my stuff. prediction, by the way, wasn't I? Was you? What, what did you say? I said we'd draw. Now, maybe I think I said the score. I, I said the score draw. Score. Well, you actually thought draw. we'd score? Yeah. We're fucking optimistic. I thought, I thought oh, we'd get you got one. got a lot of hope. No, <laughs> I thought we'd get one and they'd get hell. one. Is Leeds, man. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they got smacked. Four by four goals in consecutive games, you know. Yeah, I mean, but they conceded I mean, four in consecutive games. Yeah, but games. you got to remember those teams and strikers like Andre Ayu up front, and yeah, uh, I mean, you know, no, well, well, we got we ain't got anything. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, if you if you prefer some extra content, you can sign up to our Touchy Goodness Patreon, and good way to show some support and stuff. Also, um, join our Discord lives for live in game commentary of the games. Like I said, it's pretty depressing stuff right now, guys. So whether you want to sign up to that or not. I'm, I can't, I can't force you. Do you know what I mean? I can't, I'm trying to sell it, but every bone in my body is telling um, is rejecting it. No, no, they should join it and we can all suffer together in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, touch your goodness family support. and all that. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's talk about the game because, um, uh, so Nigerian Dan and Shams, you did a preview with uh, the Leeds fan KG, right? Mm-hmm. So what did you guys take from the preview into this game? So what was you expecting to happen? Um ahead of this game and, and when you saw the lineup was it similar to what uh, you predicted yeah I think I think the main thing that we all wanted was to see a Bamiyang Central right um, and I think KG said that he didn't want to see um, a Bamiyang Central because he knew that you know he's not he's not having the best of times out there on the left so in terms of the starting lineup I think given the injuries that we had plus the you know sort of COVID diagnoses, positive tests and that um, that we had. I don't think the lineup could have really been too different from what Arteta really put put out. I think he was he probably had his hand forced um in a lot of ways because I think, you know, Pepe probably would have started um if um you know uh, everyone was was fit. I don't think he would have started Jack and Sabios if everyone was fit. Partin Onene had been his his preferred um, midfield pairing, we probably would have seen Saka um, start as well if, if Southgate hadn't decided he was his new Mason Mount and needed to play, you know, every minute of every single England game, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I think Mikel, he was forced into that lineup really. Um, so I don't really want to, yeah, I don't really want to dig dig too deep into it. <laughs> we, we, you know, it's bad when you do exactly what the opposition fans don't want to happen and it still has no effect. Like, they, yeah. they, they, they didn't want to see Aubameyang up front. We yeah. went Aubameyang front, no influence whatsoever. Brilliant. That, that, that was pretty bad. <laughs> and I think, um, you know, not just because, I mean, KG was speaking about, not just because Aubameyang was having a torrid time out um, wide on the left, but because of uh, deficiencies, which he recognised in Leeds' defence as well. Um and he singled out Cooper, you know, Leeds fan singling out Cooper. Liam Cooper saying, you know, he, he he doesn't have a turn of pace. Aubameyang's got pace and abundance. Um, it's quite easy to get away from him, um, you know. So that was something that he was worried about. And the fact that we didn't exploit that at all mm. in the game, like yeah. at all, um, you know, just 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 speaks volumes. It's very damning on Mikel Arteta. Um, I know you could say like a little bit, um, you know, the lineup was hamstrung um, by because of, um, of of player overload and trying to um, manage and balance their fitness and um, 
you know, some of it was behaviour as well. Some players shouldn't have started because of behaviour, but oops, uh, i.e. William, um, bad behaviour, bad conduct. But here we go, here's another um, contradiction from, from, from Arteta. But let's not talk about that. Before no, we no, get no, shut down, I think, no, I think we're we called have to. pagans. No, you are pagan, you know? but we have that's, to. Talk that's about that's it. just the first. That's that's just that's oh. that's just the first of many. But even let me let me let me let me kind of even come come back to that. In fact, no, let's not, man. I'm I'm on, I'm on it now. I'm on it now. I'm on it now. No, because Yo. I was going to say a couple of other things that just linked in with your your first question about um, the lineup, the the the, the selection and, and whatnot. But rags, like let's 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 do it, William. The, 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 You're loading, Dan. We'll, 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 we'll get we'll get to I'm William. We'll get to William because I I, I, I want to go about it in a structured manner, right? So <clears throat> with the lineup, I actually looked at it and I thought it's not that bad. You yeah. know, it's it's. I mean, I, I would have preferred. Go on, Dan. What you would have, you would have preferred? What? Like, well, I would have preferred, obviously, like Louise to be there. We, we would have all preferred uh, Partey to be starting and stuff like that. But when you look at Leeds, are Leeds are the the type of football team that they go um, man for man on the pitch, right? So like they they like to win their individual battles. And <clears throat> when you look at man for man, the teams we have, we should have had enough quality on the, on on the pitch to go man for man with Leeds and win the game. Like that's what I saw from that team. I I think I, I wouldn't have I don't think Arteta could have done much more than um with the lineup than than uh than, than what he actually put out personally. I kind of think the lineup was flawed again. And he just he kind of picked what what people were um were when not I wouldn't say protest but kind of asking for because Willock did well in the in the Europa League. But if you play Willock, why is he playing as a ten? Yeah, that's that was a thing. Yeah, that was yeah, a yeah. poor utilization, in my opinion, of of Willock, and um and I and I actually thought Willock should be given a chance uh, in the Premier League games where he should be played in a position that that helps him. And um, do you know why I think he played Willock ten? Do you know why I think he played Willock ten? Well, as a pressing trigger or something. So I think he did it. Yeah, that and also there was a blatant tactic in this game for us to go long. Like, I don't know how many times we played long, but we, we must have played more long balls in this game than I've seen ever under an Arsenal side. Like, Leno, every time he got the ball, he went long. And it seemed to be our tactic, let's go long and try and win the ball in the middle of the pitch. Like, we didn't want to play through their press whatsoever. We wanted to go over the press, yeah. you know? And, and I think when you put... He's put Willock in there in order to win those second balls. It's so fucking Sunday league. But... I feel like that was the plan with Willock. I think I think there was there was definitely some sort of plan around Willock winning and maybe um Aubameyang running off him. Um and this sounds flipping ridiculous Arsenal Arsenal doing that. But um I also think that the William thing is obviously questionable. If but if you use William and um you use Aubameyang nine, why don't you use William centrally this time? Like I thought this was a good game for um us of three four um, players are all quick across the line of our short distances to press them well in in like Spurs because like I think Willock has obviously he's got physicality but I don't think he's quick over short distances so he comes and he has long legs and he, he can press but I think for to have a real coordinated press if I look at a team like Southampton if I look at a team like Gladbach they all have those players that are quick over short distances to get there quickly and put the pressure on and I think I don't really quite think Willock has that. So I think it would I would have preferred if he had played Nelson, um, William and Pepe with Aubameyang. 
granted, I still think we probably would have been quite shit anyways, but um, I just felt like the utilisation was a bit poor. And then I think I also agree that there, it was an effort to go long. And I've seen this in the past, managers doing this. Uh, Pep Guardiola has done this in the past. Um, club has done this in the past too. And they have done it to each other to avoid um, the press. But there's always a plan of where to hit the ball. We just hit it straight down mm, the middle. Straight down the middle. Which yeah, was, yeah. well, we should be hitting it down the channels. That's what that's what I've seen work before. Like you hit it down the channels. We tried. 58. Yeah. You hit it down the channels, like into the runners. You hit into your Pepe's, into your Williams, into your Nelsons to then try transition. But we just hit into the middle and Leeds managed to kind of win it back quite quickly or we didn't really manage to break from it. So it was quite poor um, overall. The players yeah. were poor. The game, the approach to the game was poor. Yeah, I think, I think um, you know, it's a funny one because obviously on this podcast, we called Arteta stubborn, right? Um, almost too stubborn to the, to, the, to the point that it's frustrating to see. Right? But I feel like in this game, he sort of, went the complete opposite of what he has been trying to build on um, so far. And I think when you, when you do have your sort of your principles um, and, and you stick to them, I think that that does bring a bit of respect um, from the fans, from the players, that kind of thing. And I feel like we went too far the other way in this match for me. Um, like when we played Liverpool, who were probably the best pressing team in the, in the league, you know, we didn't, we didn't, you know, sort of have fear. We played them three times and we every time we played them, we've tried to play out the back. Played Man City, who are also a very good pressing team. We tried to play out the back. And then now all of a sudden against Leeds, that tactic has completely gone out the window. And I feel like the things that people were sort of annoyed at Mikel for doing, I don't think playing out the back was one of those things. And I don't think that needed to be um disposed of for this game because I think as you've seen uh, in the previous games this season, the moment you one player is able to beat the Leeds press, spaces open up. And we saw in this match that we didn't even attempt to take advantage of the fact that once you beat beat in the Leeds press, you know, there are avenues for you to attack. Like you saw the the pass completion um, or the pass maps, right? Our centre-backs weren't passing to each other. Um, the most completed passes between our, our centre-midfielders was was free, right? I think uh, Ceballos to Xhaka was free passes. That's crazy. Right? Which is which is bonkers, right? Like, Bellerin didn't pass to Pepe once, I think, in this match. Yeah, like, Willock passed to Aubameyang, like, once. one or two times. Do you know what I mean? It's, and it's like... F- it's all, I'm all well and fine, like, all right, fine. Some things aren't working, things aren't working, but you actually have to think about your position that you're playing to try and win the three points as well. And I feel like tactically on the day, Mikel was found completely wanting, you know, like I know people respect Bielsa, this, that and the other, but they have one way of playing and teams have shown you the blueprint to beat them, right? In the two weeks that we've seen prior to this match, they conceded eight goals, Right. They got their dribblers on the pitch. They beat their men one on one, and they were able to exploit those. those Do we passes. have any dribblers though, Dan? I, I think Sabas Sabas did it early. He was winning his his one v one early. Was that when like, he was just like, passing the ball off the the pitch? And then, no, well that was that was that was prior to him passing it into the sideboards and whatnot. I can't but believe I've, he did that twice. That was bizarre. I don't know what was, he thought. It was something your boy. I, mean, I, I got defense for it. To be fair, <laughs> I think in the side. Uh, 
um, Ceballos, Pepe, um, William, William, for sure. Um, Bellerin, these are the guys who are supposed to be the dribblers. These are the guys w- w- who are supposed w- to William pick up did it early and, and, and run and carry on. Yeah, he did. Remember, well, yeah. remember, he had it. We was all watching the game same way on the on the Discord. Yeah, we was like, Discord. that's the best thing William's and done. And that is the best thing it. William's ever yeah. done, you know, and he done it early in the first half. But I, c- I can say that he done it one time where I um, recognise it, where he picked the ball up on the left, carried the ball. I, I don't even think he took it into the box when it was quite easy for him to carry the ball into the box. And I think he mm. might have checked it. He, he checked, checked and passed inside. And passed yeah. It. yeah, and... Yeah. Uh, I just thought, like, what, what, who, who is this guy, man? What's going on, man? He's too busy. Like, I've been, you know, I've been holding it back a bit. Steak with with Nusret in Dubai. Well, come and turn up for us, then, isn't it? But, but the thing yeah. is, the thing that annoyed me about this performance, though, is the fact that we're supposed to be good at building up from the back, right? That's supposed to be our, our main strength under Arteta going forward, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like Leeds give you the opportunity to actually do that. Like, So even if you're not using your dribblers, you still have those passing networks that we've seen against City in, in the FA Cup. We've seen it against Liverpool, right? Where you can build through Bellerin. He's got that that that, that pass that can that can release and break and beat a press if you're passing it one-two touch. So I don't understand why we completely disposed of those base principles that you thought would, was the core part of Arteta's philosophy. He was afraid of the press. I, I think I know. I was going to say, because he's a coward. He's, he's a coward. Terrified. He was absolutely terrified and of the press. I, I and ter- why terrified, terrified of Leeds press, but not terrified of Liverpool's press? What, I've, been, I've been holding it back a bit, but I think in ge- I think he's, he was terrified because of the situation. He, I think he's, he's starting to realise that the pressure is on a bit. The form is really poor and he wanted to avoid what happened at Aston Villa. Um, where we looked, mm. where we look, where we were look completely incompetent, but we looked just as incompetent, but incompetent in this game, just mm. in different ways. And yeah. I think the approach to the game and the way, whatever game plan we had, we, the way we implemented it, realistically, it was just, it's inexcusable. If you look at the numbers, it's just inexcusable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the not, shots again, the, it's the literally number one of shots statistically, it's one of the worst attacking yeah, it's crazy. I've ever seen in my life. Honestly, I'm not even joking. Yeah, yeah, it's one of even like, when by I'm our seeing, standards. Right, when I'm seeing your centre mids no passes to your centre backs no passes to each other. That's when do you see crazy. your centre backs not pass to each other? Mm. One pass, yeah. I think, from holding to Gabriel in in the whole match, ninety minutes. Do yeah, you think? Do horrible. you think that he didn't want to play out from the back because of no David Luiz? I, I I don't think that's enough of a reason. To, to not to to be honest with you, I don't know if it holding's not great. Man. Him not hold, <laughs> I mean holding's not great, but I don't know if it's enough of a reason to completely. Uh, I wouldn't say because of no David Luiz. I'd more say because of no three at the back than I would say mm. no David Luiz. Because um, although we know about David Luiz's ball playing ability and what he 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 does, he's not the he's not the linchpin to us playing out from the back we so can what? and have still played out from the back okay, in so games where he's been absent so I, I will put it so, more so maybe on the system than him what? say it again so, so what do you think happened in this game then because he gave up the free at the back building up from the back thing to then go long with a system that can't then play from the back or is not set up to play from the back the way he wants to. so he he limited himself with the system and the choices he made and at no point in the game, yeah, at no point in the game, you could revert back and change the system because he didn't have the dual players on, he didn't have Andy Metanars on, he didn't have Saka on. So he really limited himself in that first half. And I know yes. he said we were in the game first half and whatnot. We went. We were just there to get, 
We just we were yeah. there to take. We, we were there for like the first ten minutes, and that's it. Yeah. We were there to take, get taken advantage of. Leeds just yeah. started quite slowly. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I don't I don't know what it is to answer your question. I don't know. I can't do the thinking f- um, for him. I'm speculating. Was it um, Leeds' lineup was a, a bit unorthodox in terms of a three 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 one um, formation? That's kind of how they set themselves up. Obviously, they had players um, across those those, those um, layers who covered um, horizontal and vertical spaces, but their lineup was unorthodox. Um, but that said, Arteta would have had an idea of what shape he was going to go with and what personnel he was going to pick way before he knew what Leeds' lineup was. So I, I don't I don't know. We can we can hazard guesses, but all of this to me points towards a lack of a lack of courage, probably doubt as well. I think what it what it tells me is that um that, that Arteta probably doubts himself in some way because he didn't have enough confidence in his system. Or, or, or his way or his method or his players. What it is, there's a lack of confidence and belief somewhere. And that's why I think he um, mm. kind of sets himself up to be, um, rather than to play to your strengths, he sets himself up always to kind of negate the strengths of the opposition, even if that's a newly promoted side, you know? And that's I, I worrying stuff for you, me. Sabs. I disagree with you. Fair I don't play, let's hear it. I don't think he does set his team up. I think... I think Dan, Nigerian Dan was right. I think he's reverted away from his principles. And this was one of the first times we've actually seen him do that. Um, I, I think he's set up differently in this game. You're right. He did set up differently in this game. And I think it was because he was afraid of leads or he didn't feel like he had the personnel available yeah, I to think do that, yeah. But What's I don't, different to what I'm saying? In, in, in I don't terms because of I don't self- think it's I don't think it's a I don't think it's a theme. I don't think that's been a theme under Arteta's management. I think he has been stubborn. He has been stubborn in um, the changes that he's made for team. I know he's changed formations and stuff like that, but he's been quite. Um, I think he's been quite persistent that we do play out from the back. Yeah, but I'm not referring to it as um, kind of beyond today. I'm, I'm beyond um, Sunday's game. I'm only talking about Sunday's. Oh, okay. Game. I, okay. I was saying I don't. I don't know. Like I was saying, David Luiz not playing is not enough to not play out from the back. Maybe the three centre backs, but one player not playing. I don't know. And then we I could think, have still gone to the three centre back thing, though. We could have still we, gone with Jacker in. We could have played Jacker in the draw. We could have played Jacker into the third centre back. Sorry, we could have. And Shakar as well, man. Like. I know we're trying to follow order, but we're talking about building up. But I think in this pressing game as well, do you have confidence? Who's got enough confidence in Shaka to say that we're going to be pressed high, but still I want you to go and pick up the ball from the centre-backs or drop into that left um, half space and receive the ball and turn and play it out. And uh, you, you, you can't. That's criminal. So Shaka was you know, embarrassing in this game. He was man. horrible in this he game. Was he was horrible in this man. game. But that is thematic. That is a, you know, there is a bigger picture there. But I, again, I'm saying I can't answer for him. I'm just thinking out loud. Maybe this is a, one of the reasons or another factor behind his decisions for, for, for Sunday. Who knows? Only he can answer that question, Mikhail Teto. I think it is quite damning, though, that David Luiz is such a huge part of our offensive plan. Like, and, and what is it, by the way, with our players always having children? Can you just wear condoms, please? Because I'm generally fed <laughs> up with every week we seem to have a player out for fucking 
paternity, whatever, whatever it is. I've had enough. All right. Use gonna... contraception. All right. Oh, safe sex. Lad, all right. You're having too many. Wow. Yeah. You're being paid too yeah, much money. Yeah. You're too comfortable in your life. Like what happened to men? Like, you know, not, Oh, let me not even get yeah, let's it. Right. Mind <laughs> yourself, you know, <laughs> hey, these views are the views of Lubob and Lubob only. No, but it's true. I've never seen anything like it before. Have, have you guys seen anything like this before? With the well, amount of players we get out with compassionate leave because they've had children. Yeah, I think. Who else has happened to recently? Pepe oh. happened to recently. I'm, so, I'm I, I can't name the names yet, but I'm so certain it's happened to us. Like under our tent, I'm sure it's happened like four or five times. Did Socrates have a child? Socrates, yeah, yeah, and, um, and Louise is off the top. Did Kalasnatch have a you? Kalasnatch as well. I'm pretty sure. But, yeah. But, <laughs> back yeah. back to the game. Yeah. Ozil feel... seemed to have a, a U. <laughs> Ozil had a U every time we we travelled outside of London. Like it's just, it happens every time. <laughs> but back 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 you to the game. Hello, Mead here from Touchline Freckers. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. So businesses all over the globe have been challenged to be their most efficient, and that means that every single hire that they have is critical. Indeed are the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the right person for your business. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. So you only pay for what you need. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out for a free $75 credit at indeed.com forward slash blue wire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com forward slash blue wire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. When I spit bars in a man, I go hard last and tan. Back to the game now. I feel like it's <laughs> the it, it, it was paid the, far too much money to be knocking out all these kids. I tell you, <laughs> they were enjoying that lockdown, innit? That's I think that's it. That's yeah? it. Yeah. First, first lockdown, yeah, whatever. Um, but I, f- I no, feel I think like that would have been too. That would have been too early for. Yeah, that's too early. early you got to do the math. They were celebrating. The they were celebrating. No, they were celebrating every second. Yeah, they were celebrating every. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's what they were doing. But um, yeah, back to the game. I feel like the midfield. Is a, is a big issue big, uh, big. in this game, in this game, right? So I'm just thinking like pre-lockdown, I'm trying to think who who the pivot was that um, Arteta was playing, right? It was Torreira um, and Jacka that, that started most of those games off the top of my head. Pre-lockdown, yeah, I think it was right. Torreira. Yeah, yeah, Torreira was playing. Yep. Jacka and we were... I think if you remember back to those, those matches, obviously Urza was playing, which I think makes a big difference. Um, the, the amount of quality... Uh, that we've we've had so in in my head right there's 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 pre-lockdown Arteta post-lockdown Arteta and then whatever this Leeds game was Arteta. yeah right so like pre-lockdown in that pivot we had Torreira and Jaka, and I think Torreira is actually quite a, a decent um pre- presser of the ball right and we were on the front foot for the first half 
of those matches, right? So I think back to um, the Chelsea at home, United at home, where we were really, really on the front foot. Lacazette was looking more mobile, um, and and Urza was was pressing as well. Um, and then post lockdown, when Urza was out of the team, the pivot was then like Xhaka, Guendouzi, then Xhaka, Ceballos, right? And I found that when we had Xhaka and Ceballos in the centre mid, that's when you've seen this sort of defensive football where we sort of dropped all sorts of pressing um, that we tried to do. Um, and it's been this whole, whole back, back five uh, and we try and play out from the back um, type football that we saw in the FA Cup uh, and, and we saw in the league season. And we saw towards the end of the season when we played Spurs, that, that was, prob- it was pretty much useless against Spurs because they defended deep. We couldn't, we couldn't even create, create a single chance, even though we had all of the ball, mm. right? We saw it against Aston Villa. I don't think Xhaka played that match, but we saw it against Aston Villa. We, were, we just looked terrible in that match. But, but, right? Burnley as well, I believe. Was it Burnley? Yeah. Burnley, yeah. We, we, look, we just looked toothless, right? Mm. So when Xhaka and Ceballos are playing together, I feel like we can't press as a team at all because they can't cover the ground. Yeah. I think one of the only times... Um, we, we did something well in this match was when Jacka decided to do a one-man press um, and then we, we, we won the ball back and then it led to uh, an Aubameyang shot or something at the end of it. But other than that, we had to sit deep. So I feel like when Partey and Oneni are not playing, we are very limited in what we can actually execute as a team. That doesn't excuse the whole long ball football type stuff because I still feel that we should be able to build through the two of them. But... For whatever reason, I don't. I, yeah, I'm gonna call them cowards. They were hiding. They were hiding from uh, Leno. They were hiding from the centre backs. Do you I think that's fair well. though? If it's a if it's an instruction, do you think that's fair? I, I, I think I'm not because I don't. I don't, because for me, yeah. And this is gonna come across as I'm defending my boy. But if there's anything all- that Sabio does, he's like a, he's like a fly to a light. You know. You know. Um. You know. You know when you get a, a moth. <laughs> Yeah, he's just attracted to the ball. That's what Sabahis is like. Sabahis loves being on the football. So I don't think it. I don't think he is afraid, and I don't think he is that personality I was, I would type say of Xhaka, player. Xhaka in Xhaka this is more, more. than I, I think. I, I think, think it's instruction. Not, yeah, I think it's instruction. I, I agree, with Lou. I think they were not. They were told not to come deep for the ball because there were a number of instances. Because I watch Arsenal games, and a lot of times it's the same pattern, same themes. I see the same characteristics, but in this game, it was like. We're not coming for the ball, even not, like Xhaka's not even fake showing for the ball. No. Like he used to, like he used to do this fake showing for the ball and then hide again, kind of thing. There, there was but a few, there was a few times where Leno just looked like get up, get up, yeah, like I think, go away. He, I think apart and from the centre backs as well, Gabriel, I think he wanted to freestyle a little bit, mm. but apart from him, no one from the back line was really coming for the ball short as well. So again, every 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 pass or every time Leno had the ball, it was to go long. And um, it can only be by instruction. And that theme didn't change throughout that first half. And we know Mikel's animated. We know he tells them what to do on the pitch. So unless unless they're completely like, completely ignoring his instruction, which I yeah. doubt, which yeah. I really doubt, um, that was the plan to some degree. Um, and I think you made some good points on how the football has changed under Mikel and what our limitations are based on the midfield roles. And um, really in this game, um, it, it showed me that there's no way we can play with a number 10 that, that doesn't have certain characteristics if certain players are playing. And um, that's, why, that's, why, that's why I was really disappointed with the misutilization of Willow because mm. we should have probably played in a three if he'd have played. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, he so was not in the game, and he was not in the game not because I felt sorry for him. He's just running around like yeah, a, not... like doing nothing really. Like he was just... running around was... like he packed. Like he, he was yeah. not. He was not in the game because there was no way for him to get into the game the way we played. No. It was literally yeah. not. So there, it was. There's, there's oh. also no way that we can play without athleticism in our in our in our midfield, and mm. um, I just think it's it, it, it it's sad because as um, as Dan Coogs was saying, um, Nigerian Dan was saying. Um, you know, earlier, just a short while ago, when you were talking about Shaka, when you were talking about um, Sabayos, and you said, um, you know, Partey wasn't playing, and I thought, hang on a minute, Partey's been available for all of three Premier League games, I think. Or maybe, sorry, maybe it might even be two Premier right, League games. Right. He was injured. He was a three, three Premier League games. So, well, at a point already, we were saying, we, we've been without this guy. You know what I mean? We've been without him. Really, he's, he's played three games for us, period. So two and a half, really. Yeah, really. So yeah. already, you know, we're so bad that we're saying when he doesn't play, there's nothing in that midfield in terms of being able to to forget like talking about the um the 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 um attacking facilitative issues and the deficit there. We're just talking about mobility, being able to cover space, being able to um catch opposition, being able to um be available for the ball, being able to show for the ball. We're talking about like some real basic fundamental stuff here. Mm. And we're saying that what, without this guy in the midfield, we this is what our performances are, are, are going to be like. Because this is what the game is. It's about intensity now. It's about intensity in the Premier League, a high percentage of teams press, um, you know, not as orchestrated and organised as, as, as Leeds do. And Leeds are very well drilled. They've had Bielsa for three years now you know they know what what to do and they can do it like that they implement it very well but still you know we're going to have other teams that will press us or will match us for intensity and so what I'm hearing and what the realization is is that without athleticism in that middle of the park we're going to see so many more performances like this and it is, it's, I, I don't want to go it's, it's scary I don't want to go too much into the player quality thing because we've talked about this a lot and we already know this. And as I've been knowing this, he picked this squad that he has available to him right now. And he, he, there are certain players he's let out, certain players he's not really used. That's down to him. That Those are his choices. So we, I think in midfield... You live and die by your decisions, baby. Exactly. In midfield, you, you, can, you can't really compete unless you have midfielders who are, have three, three key attributes. They have to be mobile, Technically proficient and tenacious, but this so this, not, this this perform this t- uh, selection wasn't. Are you are you saying that Arteta is at fault for? I'm saying that this is a whole this whole thing is a, is an issue of him selecting certain players and uh, leaning. But who on else? Who, so who it, it, for Leeds? Who else should he have played in midfield? Okay, I'm talking now holistically, like okay. in terms of the like building the team. So I feel like he has not identified. Like we we had some we had tenacious in Terrera. He's gone now. We had a little bit of tenacity and mobility in Gwendozi. He's not here now. And um, really we had bravery only... in Gwendozi as well. Yeah, as well Sorry. But like, in terms of the three key attributes that I'm saying, technically proficient, mobile and tenacious. Gwendozi is tenacious and mobile. Um, Torreira is probably not the most mobile, but he's, ten- he's very tenacious. Um, then we, and he was also fairly technically proficient. Then now we have Partey who has all, all, all three and even more. And then he has mobility and some technical proficiency um and he's also a little bit tenacious but not on a high level so we have some of these profiles and only four of them and two of them he's he's, he's basically neglected 
and he, le- he instead lent, he was leaning to others. And I don't get that because really and truly he should have prioritized those profiles because especially the way we play, those are important. Like if we'd have played, if we play a different brand of football, um, some like Tobias would be more important or some like Xhaka would be more important, but mm-hmm. we don't. And exactly what the football we play, we need those profiles, but we don't have them. And that is also to some to some degree his fault because of his decisions. And then if you're looking at defense now, and we've gone we've gone over this issue time and time again, but to why why was our why was our option holding in Mustafi? Like I know Louise is injured, Murray is injured, but really Saliba should have been there or do you know what I mean? Like it just feels it feels a bit brazy that that is our option and that they're <laughs> playing in the two and they have to play in the two. Saliba, but, Saliba, Saliba is not going to play league games, man. He's not going to play league he's not, games. He's not, but I'm saying that for me, the whole issue is that we have we have those problems and I'm sure they, to some degree, know them, but they still continue persisting playing those players that have those deficiencies and roles that don't suit them. And they're mm. just going to look ridiculous. Like Jack is always going to look ridiculous now, like unless yeah. he has a party next to him holding his hands. And I think I just want to quickly add to that as well, because it's also um, in, in midfield specifically, um, a lack of playing with intelligence. So fine. If you don't, there are some players who can get away with um, their, 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 their lack of physicality, their lack of intensity, because they are super intelligent players. You know, um, they know how to position themselves well. They know how to anticipate danger, sniff it out, whatever. They play with their, 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 their brains. But you can't afford to, 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 to have players in, that, in our side as well who don't do that. And again, just on the defensive side, um, the number of times, because we conceded so many shots against Leeds. So many shots, 25. man. 20-something-odd 20, 20 shots. Wow. And their moves were extremely similar. They would break. They would break with speed. They would come down, um, you know, um, right, using right. the whip. And they would cut the ball back into that middle zone, that red zone. We watched the game. All three of us were watching the game. We were chatting on Discord. We were seeing the same thing and time and again. And Shaka continued. I don't want to single him out. It was a poor team performance. I've got issues with the player, whatever. But I don't want to single him out. But he, continuously, he continuously vacated that space mm-hmm. unnecessarily to really join the defensive line yeah, yeah, for no one, reason. For, for there was players one mad time, were, in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah where yeah. he he for players who Fighting. were covered actually by the by by the two um center backs, or for players who did not need to be picked up, he continuously vacate that space mm-hmm. by moving, uh, running away from it, you know. So just 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 running without thinking, he's moving without thinking, and I saw that and I thought. That can sometimes happen. That can sometimes happen late on in games when you're tired, when you're if you're hustling, trying to hold on to a narrow lead, that type of thing. But this was happening 15 minutes into the game, 25 minutes into the game. And you think, like, like come on, who, if you know he's one of the leaders in the side, he's supposed to be one of the leaders in the team, one of the captains, someone with a bit of seniority. He's been there for, what, like four, five years now, something like that. Like, should be able to look to him and he should be able to marshal and organise things and organise other players around him. Everyone speaks about he's a great leader. His mum gave him the house key over his older brother when he was a youth because he's a good leader and all all this bullshit. But I didn't see none of that. And we're talking about against Leeds United. And it's... It's, it's, it's worrying. It's worrying for me. These are the types of things that are worrying. To add to that, Leeds is very... 
it's the most obvious things. Leeds play man to man. So how the hell can your man be someone else's man? <laughs> like your man is there receiving the ball. How the fuck are you in the box? Yeah. The, do you know what I mean? And, and we're talking about fundamentals. Like you see, I say it again, fundamental basic no, stuff. Do you know what this is reminding me of? Yeah, we we spoke a lot about these things under Unai Emery's reign, and this is this is the thing that's starting to throwback. worry me because you know what? Yeah, a few a few months ago, when like this criticism of Arteta really first started coming to the fold, and people were like, "Oh, you know, Unai Unai." Uh, Arteta, whatever they call him, yeah. Um, I, I I didn't agree with it because I felt like we were playing a different kind of brand of football. I felt like Arteta's approach to games were different to Emery. But that Leeds game was one of the first times on in, in his reign that I've looked at it and I thought, fucking hell, this is a, bit, this is a lot like Unai Emery's setups. This you is a lot like the, the teams. Yeah. We are I, very but, bad. We, we are bad. We are bad. But I, I think... I, I, I still don't think he is like Unai Emery. I don't think they are similar at all. But um, there was just worrying, like distancing was a big thing for me under Emery and under Wenger as well. There was a, we had a big issue between like how deep our defense would be and and the the the, spa- the distance that the midfield was having to cover under Wenger and, as well. Yeah, yeah, we had that issue at the at the latter end of Wenger's reign. But Shabs, do you remember Wenger also won three league titles? Yeah, so just wind your neck. These first six yeah? seasons in in charge of the club, and okay. then they calm it, over there, man. It happened, though. No? Right, anyway, like, we'll, we'll, I just, I just, anyway. I thought I heard wrong. That's all. That's anyway, all. I just thought anyway, I heard wrong. Let me just That's stick all. on Emery. Let me just stick on Emery because it's more pertinent to my point. Th- th- that the th- th- there's a lot of space in midfield, so there was a lot of space between our defense and midfield, and and I thought it was a bit hot. It was really unfair on Jack and Spurs because we know their limitations. <clears throat> and to see this them covering saying, right? so much space in midfield, it's not fair on them. It's not fair on them. It's not their make game. Make no sense. Make, play, make players that can't do that do that. They can't do it. So it's, we really needed to be, if you're going to play long, yeah, if, you, if you're going to play long, then you need to play higher up. Because if you're going to win those, if you're going to win those, um, those loose balls, then you need your, your players closer together, not, not covering 20, 30 yards of space. But you can't play high up when you haven't got the um, defenders. You can't cover space. Holding can't do that. Gabriel is probably a bit better. Um, and when you haven't got li- midfielders who can yeah. cover, who, who can it's, cover the space as well. But you live you and die by that decision, that tactical decision that you, you make. Do. There's you can't you can't do a you can't do it half assed You can't do a mixture. No, of both. I agree. I agree with you. And sorry, the way that I'm saying it, I'm I, I agree with you completely. I'm saying it in like sarcasm, jest. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. like you know what I mean. As in my implication, just in case anyone listening doesn't get it, play William Saliba <laughs> instead of holding gives you a different dynamic. But who, what do I know? The thing that really like frustrated me about this is I, th- I do hundred percent agree. This was like a this was like a proper proper Unai Emery performance because I feel like Emery. Um, I actually I don't think he's like a bad manager, right? I I, I generally still don't think he's a bad Who, manager. Emery or em- Emery, right? Oh, okay. So I just feel like he his major issue was not recognizing the profiles of the players that he had at his disposal. He was asking them to do stupid things right like playing Torreira as a 10 probably being like the prime example yeah like ask because he's he's relatively good at pressing and and moving around 10 20 yards as Dan said you know a decent decent pace over short distances 
you could use him as a, as a pressing agent. But obviously, that's not where he's best utilised. And then, as you said, all the spacing was wrong because you don't have the profiles to be that far apart because the, the midfielders that you have, they can't cover the ground like that. We don't have sprinters, right, in the, in the middle of the park. So that was his, his, his main issue. And I thought that what Arteta did really well when he came in was understanding the players that he had and preparing the team to suit the fact that you don't have sprinters in midfield, right? Yeah. But this game, he seemed to completely ignore that, right? And played it as if as if Partey and Oneni were playing in centre midfield. Because I feel like if those two were in centre midfield, you probably would have had um, more joy because they can cover the ground and cover the space, right? Because I think if you saw it against Man United... That was probably one of our better performances of the season. I think we can all agree. Right? I don't think it was like a superb, superb performance, right. but there were a lot. There were a lot of good elements in that team in in that performance, right? Based on the the fact that the the, the tactics suited the, the the players that he put out on the pitch, right? I feel like um, if you wanna if you wanna do some of these things that he's trying to do, you need to just play the right profiles. Right. So I, I don't want to criticize him for trying to change it up. But what I will criticize him is, you know, going too far in one direction and completely ignoring the principles that you've built. Do you right? think because he's done it in a Jose thing of like, oh, look, I'm going to fucking you, you wanted this. I'm going to fucking show you why it's not going to work. I, th I think this is a successive thing, though. I think um, we were on a very positive trajectory on the attack. Um, also, Although we were outperforming XG in certain things, there were certain underlying numbers that kind of suggested we, we need improvements in certain parts of the game in order to sustain playing the way we played and achieving the results that we achieved. But I think we are here now. At, this is basically like the end game of where we got to from making bad decisions in the summer on the squad and continuously making those decisions. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the decisions is, of course, the holding thing. The, the, the midfield composition, the way he uses it, the exclusion of Ozil completely, the Willian, um, um, the way he uses him at times when he should probably be using him a bit differently, as, as Dan alluded to, the misutilization of the profiles. And this happened so many times and so often now that we've got to a point now where we're basically we are where we were with Emery. And mm. I, I'm not saying that he can't revert that. He can revert that. He can do that in the next game, really. It's just he needs to do it because we've literally got to like we've got like to, to like the lowest point we could with Atta at the moment at this moment in time. I believe this is the lowest point we've been at with Atta. Um, mm. where, yeah. where we go into games think we don't have a chance. We didn't have that yeah. three four mm. months ago. Yeah. We've mm. gone here now because of successive errors. Yeah, that have yeah. led to this point. It's, it's, it's all about. Um... You know, I, I think all of this is encapsulated in, the, in the, the term that we keep coming back to and it's balance. And this is someone who is grappling with the right balance. You know, he's trying to find the right balance. He's improved the defensive structure, um, which is fair play, but he's still trying to get the balance right throughout the side, you know, and that's both um, in the second phase. Well, in the first phase, in all phases, really, because... Um, you know, this is why we see variances in how we try to um, build up or play out from the back. This is why we've seen such inconsistencies in terms of uh, in terms of um, the midfield, the midfield selections, the midfield pairings. Um, you know, albeit for obvious reasons. And then this is why we see such a lack of balance in the final third as well. Um, mm -hmm. So not just the side being imbalanced, but the attack not being very balanced at all. I, I think it all. Um, you know, all of these points that have been raised by um, 
you three prior to this, they all hinge on the term balance. And, you know, this, this is where we are. And again, I don't think it's, um, I'm not talking from a perspective where it's, it's, it's doom and gloom, but um, at the moment, as things stand, I also don't see internal solutions. Like I don't see how, where he, because of how, um, because of what the squad registration is, because of where um, players are and who, which players are available um, and the players that we have, the players that he's utilized today and whatnot, I don't see who he can bring in, which, who can offer relief or provide solutions or, um, you know, give us something different. I think by and large, we will see much of the same. I think we absolutely need to see improvements in terms of the number of shots we get off per game and, um, you know, the chances created. But I don't think we'll see um, much difference in terms of the way we play, much difference in terms of the way we build or the types of chances that we create because we just, we, we just don't have that. We just mm. don't have that anywhere you look. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins division and championship futures all day every day head to bet online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses don't forget to use the promo code bluewire at betonline.ag that's bluewire all one word bet online your online sportsbook experts when i spit bars in a ring i go hard last and can a player that obviously Arteta brought into the side was to um, to do those things that Shabs mentioned. Obviously, is Nicolas Pepe, and he got his opportunity. wasn't wasn't It was all right first half. I, I mean, I don't know how you how you guys want to analyze his performance. I think he did one or two decent things, but was largely ineffective. Um, you know, doing his usual Pepe shit really. And then, obviously, five minutes into the second half, he does something that I think we can all agree was completely <laughs> fucking stupid. And, um, you know, luckily, I mean, a point was a good a good point for us in the end, given how the, the game went. And luckily, it didn't cost us any further. Because, I, I mean, I don't think we were going to win the game with 11 men anyway. And, and if anything, we play, probably played better with 10 men on the pitch than we did um, when, when, when we had 11. So maybe it helped us out a little bit. But... Um, one thing I did want to talk about actually is is the whole Pepe fiasco. You know, um, I at first uh, I'll give you my thoughts. At first, I was I was pissed at the player. Right, I thought you know this is your opportunity. You know, you've you you're under a lot. You're you're coming under a lot of criticism. You know, um, you you've you've really struggled since you've come here. Yeah, you've got your fanboys who think you're the best thing since sliced bread and you know, that everything's going to turn around one day, you know, one day, one day, you know, it's all going to click. But I felt like this was a real opportunity for him to really showcase what he's about. And, you know, it's such weak character from him. You know, it's, I was really pissed off that he did what he did. You know, it was so weak, but you know, shit happens on a football pitch and it, people lose their heads. Boom. So after the game, I was very annoyed 
And um, I heard Arteta's comments and you know what? I thought, fuck it, you know, dig him up. You know, he is a prick, <laughs> you know, he, he did fuck us. Brexit lose back. <laughs> yes. But then, you know what? I, which I, which after, comments did you hear? So obviously where he said that is unacceptable. And then he, he said the second part of um, um, Nicholas Pepe let us down, right? Now, after doing a bit more thinking about it and hearing other people's perspectives as well, I think Arteta was very loose with his mouth with um with that and I don't I, I think that was really poor man management again something that's something that's creeping up with Arteta something yeah. that's creeping up with Arteta now. loose lip sync ships yes and um <laughs> we I, I felt like he played that really poorly and the way that Arteta has come out in today in his press conference where he seemed to be quite supportive of Pepe I feel like that's kind of indicative of the fact that he he feels like he was a bit too harsh there was there was no need for him to add that second part of, about what he said about Pepe. I know Nigerian Dan's gonna disagree with me, but he said I think I he blatantly liked... scapegoated Pepe. Yeah, he has. He, yeah. he blatantly he has. scapegoated him, and and I felt that the reason I felt that was bad again was because he didn't want to admit the the failings of the team prior to the sending off. Yeah. And yeah. it was a deflection. He, he, it was a he, deflection. He said his words were, I liked the personality of the team. And then Pepe got sent off. Absolutely post, unprovoked. In the, in the, in the post-match <laughs> yeah, interview. Absolutely unprovoked. We, they were talking about something completely different. Completely yeah? different. Which and you've already to, addressed the Pepe sending off. You've said it's unacceptable. We can all sit here and say. Which we agree with. Which we all agree with. Right? Yeah. Unacceptable. Boom. Which, yeah. Leave it as that. Draw yeah. a line under sand. Deal with it internally. Now you've said the second part. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is very, very poor on his behalf. Dan, uh, Niger and Dan, I'll give you the floor now because I know you're going to agree uh-huh. with everything I've just said. No, no, the, to be honest, I don't think, I don't think anything you've, you're, you're saying is like invalid or anything like that, right? But like, uh, for me, it's, it's, it's not that important, yeah? Like, I, I personally, I agree with you about um, Arteta's man management and stuff like that. Today, I think it's very questionable. There's a long list of players that we can all reel off that we can say, you know, I don't know if Arteta's handled this um, in, in the best way. But for, for me, right, what, what I think about is in the past, so last season, I think back to um, Dean Henderson, right? He made that mistake for Sheffield United and Chris Wilder properly, properly called him out, right, to the media and was like, look, this kid says to me he wants to play for first team for Man United. Well, I've told him, if you want to be playing for Man United, Man United, you can't be doing things like that, right? And he was like, that's just not good enough. Right. And if, if, if he wants to achieve the goals that he wants to achieve, he needs to do better than that. Right. Dean Henderson then went on and had probably the best season of his career, recalled to Man United, called up to England, this, that and the other. Right. And for me, I feel like rather than that necessarily being, oh, yeah, um, him digging out um, Pepe to, to the media, to everyone, I think it's a message to Pepe. Right more than anything, that, look, you let the team down and I want you to know that you let the team down. I'm letting everyone know that you let the team down because from all, all intents and purposes, everything that we've heard about their relationship, right? Aubameyang said that he spends the most time with Pepe, right? Um, I think it came out from Ornstein today that Pepe trains really well. He's, he's rated highly, this, that and the other. But I feel like with him, 
it is some something needs to get through to Pepe himself, right? That this what he's been doing so far, we can all agree his application has been horrendous since he's been at United. His dad's come out and said, you know, even even your father's at United. You know, to, <laughs> Uh, his dad's come out and said, you know, like, um, this guy, he needs to realise that he, 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 this is serious now, yeah? So for me, what I think is important now is what happens after. I don't think that you can say, yeah, he reacted emotionally, because I think he did react emotionally and he, 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 did, he dug him out. It wasn't nice, this, that and the other. But I think now what we need to see is what Arteta's reaction is to playing Pepe, whether he's going to feature in the league now, whether he's still going to start behind um, Willian. And what Pepe's reaction is like, because for me, that will say more about whether or not he's scapegoating this guy and using him as an excuse. Um, he's already scapegoated yeah, him, though. And I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I don't... Let me just quick, quickly, um, Dan. And I don't disagree entirely with what um, you said, Dan, but I, in terms of the example, the comparison you used about Chris Wilder and that, but I think if we're talking about man management, it is about knowing the individual. It's about knowing your player. And so... If you are like, this is a player who, you know, has got huge pressure on him for whatever yes. reasons, rightly or wrongly, he's come to the club with huge pressure. There have been different contexts or whatever. Yes, he hasn't done as well um, as, as, as people have expected him to, by the way, because it's all expectation, which is dictated by his price tag. But he's come to the club with huge pressure, different contexts, different situations, three different managers, blah, 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 lots of changes in and out the side. All of these caveats and excuses, which I am making for him, but he clearly is going through a bad time in terms of football and hasn't played a lot of football. He's got his opportunity, fucking stupid, but know your player, know your player well enough mm. to know this isn't the way that I have to call him out. Dig him out in the, in, 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 behind closed doors, in the dressing room. Do that publicly. Do that in front of everyone. You know what I mean? Pull him to one side, but know your player. But don't dig him out. Don't scapegoat him. Don't make an example of him. Unprovoked. And that was my issue with it. My issue with it was unprovoked. Just ask the question about um, the team and the result. And he drew his response to Pepe. I like the personality of the team when Pepe got sent off. As if... We were, you know, as if yeah, the performance bef- prior to that point was, and was that's how I interpreted the cop. That's how I interpreted it. I heard it, and I was like, "What? I can't believe the nerve of this dude <laughs> after we after we played like that. The nerve of Arteta to come out and say that, and that's my issue with it." And I don't want to make too many excuses and caveats for Pabby, but I think context is very important in this matter. And also, um, I don't know what the result was when Dean Henderson made that mistake. Um, but contextually, he was he wasn't in and out the side, I believe, probably. Mm. And he's he's certainly not um, a player that there was an immediate saying, "I need to play, I want to play, I want to show what my worth is for the team." Like context is just a bit different. And, and um, also, he's a northerner. Like like they, they probably react different to that. Exactly. <laughs> and I was gonna say, it's, it's also different being at Arsenal. Mm. Like our fan base, like the way the way expectation and toxicity is, is completely different to Sheffield. Like. They just want you to work hard, like you know, that's calm for them. Like, so I think, like, given all those, given this context, like, I expect the Arsenal manager to just handle presser better than he did. Um, I thought the first part, the unacceptable, was good. Uh, when he said that, I thought, okay, this is the conversation done now. We'll probably get a Pepe like apology and then this be it. But then he added that, and I was like, that's that's a clear, that's a clear, um, clear way of scapegoating him to some degree. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I think that's not really arguable because he's done it unprovoked. So that is the aspect that makes me think, nah, that's just a scapegoating. He done mm. this and 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 then I think Lou, you made a very good point that I think and you you said this as well. Then I think he acted off emotion. He looked hella emotional, and um, he looked a bit rattled. So he did that, and then he kind of revert reverted back. And then today the comments come out of he will give him straight away a chance again to prove himself because he, I think he realized he made that mistake. He kind of he kind of admits his own mistake, which is which is good. I think this is better management yeah. to then give him a chance rather than exclude him from the team. So. I just think, I just think he needs to be obviously mm. mindful. Um, the thing is, though, I don't think he can exclude him from the team, though. Dan, the, the, the he can't. No, he can't. Around Pepe, we don't have enough options. Not just that. The it issue around the, Pepe yeah, is the issue. a seventy-two million pound yeah. asset. Yeah. <laughs> like you're working with. We've him. already, we've already been really, we've already been handling these um, high wage, high, you know, like look at look at what we've done with Genduzi, yeah. We've frozen him out. Couldn't even bloody sell him in the summer. You know, Ozil <laughs> can't get rid of him. So you're hamstrung with what you can even do anyway, man. Like with with Pepe, you can't not play him. You can't yeah. not play him because we have so much riding on him. Like he has to come good. Mm. And if you don't play him, then you can't get rid of him. Yeah, you, you can't not play him now. Um you could not play him because look at the Ozil situation. That was forty-two. That was the seventy-two million pounds of twenty thirteen. You know, what uh, I mean? we had already got so, the, the difference is though. Shabby, we'd already we'd got something got, out of us. We'd already got something out of Ozil. Okay, right? so play. we were never going to no, no, get a transfer play. fee for Ozil, right? Fair play. If 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 we're going to salvage anything from this Pepe fiasco, then a success from Pepe right now is a semi-decent season that we can have the potential to move him on or he builds on it and and gets to somewhere of a level of a player that is good not leaving Lewis. Yeah. But, the, 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 oh, but that's but that's but that's the success of Pepe that's, right yeah. now. Yeah. That's the success of Pepe right yeah, now. Yeah. So we're not going to reach anything like that if he's not afforded yeah. game time. So he has to play. Yeah. The, yeah. I think I think as well right um Pro- I'm probably like the the Pepe fanboy on this podcast. I'm probably most definitely. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it, even you, you're wavering, right? <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, I, 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 st- I still think there's a good player there, but I think what the, the, this club needs to make a decision um, at the end of this season, what Nicholas, what's going to happen with Nicholas Pepe, right? Because I've, I was doing the, the calculations earlier whilst I was getting rattled reading the, the WhatsApp group, whatnot, yeah, and it was just like. We bought this guy 72 million. We gave him a five-year contract. Yeah. It's about 14 and a half million comes off his value every year. End of this season, he's going to be holding about 44 million pounds worth of value. Right. This season, we need to do what we haven't done with Lacazette. Right. We need to take stock and say, is this guy going to be part of our future plans or not? Right. And Arteta needs to be brutally honest about it. Right. Because if he doesn't like the player, he doesn't really want to use him, he's going to be playing Willian in front of him instead, then we need to look to shift him on a loan with option to buy or something, get six million pound in for for one season, right? Him hopefully he plays well <laughs> and then and then we sell him the summer afterwards for thirty million pounds, and you've only made about a six million pound loss on that player. Yeah. Right? Otherwise we're going to end up in a situation like we are with Lacazette where this guy, we can't sell him. He's on high wages. He's not contributing to the first team. Right. 
and he's eroding value. We should have taken this decision with Lacazette last summer, which mm. was the last time when we could have got any reasonable value for him. Well, I was going to say, yeah. we could have sold him. We just, we just persisted on the price tag that was not realistic in that market. That's yeah, it. that's our issue. And, and if, if we want to be a club that wants to go forward and make good decisions, we're going to have to take the hit on some of these players and just write off the loss, right? If we were a serious club in the summer, we'd accepted a bid for Lacazette and replaced him with another forward with, the, with those funds, right? That, that, that would allow us to plan for our future. Ornstein has come out and said that there was a considerable offer from Roma, but it was below our valuation. So we decided to keep him. And that decision, again, it compounds the bad decision to sign him in the first place because now you're stuck with a forward that can't contribute and you, you missed out on another forward that you could replace him with mm -hmm. that could make your attack functioning. Do you know what I'm saying? So we can't afford to do that with Nicolas Pepe. Uh, Leroy's come out and said he's, he's like the most costly uh, resource that we've, we've, we've made in the last... Um, in the last few years, he's, he's, the, he's the most expensive in terms of opportunity cost, right? And we need to realise that this, these decisions that we're making affects the club going forward. So if this guy is not part of the plans past this season, he cannot be in the squad for next season. He cannot be. Isn't there an issue with FFP though? Isn't there like... So if, if, you, if you sell FFP... Uh, if, if you sell FFP... Uh, that's what I'm gonna start calling him, uh, Pepe. If you start, uh, if you sell Pepe, then immediately you have to recognise the transfer on your books, and then that hampers you significantly in a transfer window where we're already limited with funds. So that's, that is, I, I believe, correct. So he ain't going nowhere. Yeah, and 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 this is this it's is the issue. Nowhere, so unless you're gonna sell him for close to what you bought him for, then. Uh, making a 40 million pound loss on Pepe means we're going to have to, it means we're probably going to take a huge hit. No, so to, to, and it's probably a 40 million loss at best. So, so no. So if you, if you think about it, what you recognize at that point, so say you sold him for 30 million pound, right? Um, someone's crazy enough to spend that in summer, right? His book value is 43 million. Yeah because you've already amortized those two years of the, the transfer fee. So you would make a 13 million pound loss okay. on right. Pepe okay. right? rather than- so, All right, so I think maybe this was, the, this was why we couldn't sell him this summer though. This summer, because you'd have to sell him for about 50 something million pound to not make a massive loss, mm -hmm. right? But then, and then the good thing is that when you then buy someone, say you, you got 30 million pounds. You don't have to put spent, the whole transfer. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to put the 30 million pounds on. So what I'm saying is you have to eat the loss of about eight to 10 million or something mm. like that, right? Which we might not be in a position to do. You know, we, we probably aren't in a position to do that. But I, I just feel like if we're going to be a serious club, we need to be making making moves like that and just taking a hit. What, what, what would you do or ten million, depending on the fee that we the can fee. get for him. So that's and that's why I said a forty million loss at best, because you said you even said who will be crazy enough to spend thirty million on him the way things yeah. are going right now. Because we have to we have to we have to strategically market yeah. at AC Milan or someone like that. Man. Entertaining like, the combinations are going to hit. Man. Don't worry, yeah. man. Yeah, we need to employ and, every um, listen, every. Under oh 18, I just, Arsenal fan. Yeah, I just Twitter, think entertaining this conversation. Spamming out compilations of Pepe. I think entertaining this conversation about Pepe though is 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 long. It is a bit um, Ozil esque, not in terms of the players that they are or or, or the output, but in terms of offloading. There 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 are so many 
um, similarities I'm hearing in conversations we've had before, whenever we're trying to get rid of players, actually. And this is probably where the frustrations come from about how we're run, how we're poorly run. But the, the bottom line is, and we're hearing all this information about the decision was made at barbecue. And so man's had a few bit, man's had a few Budweiser's or whatever, them, 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 them man drink over there, a couple of Budweiser's on the ranch, on the, you know, out in the backyard of the ranch. And he said, yeah, that's it. Fuck it. I'm going to activate it. 72 million. Let's do it. I don't think Pepe's going anywhere. Honestly, that is a huge investment on a on, on one player. There's going to be serious though. questions asked. Why are you getting rid of him? Why hasn't then, it worked? Why I have just, you failed to make it work? What's I going just, on here then? Why I just, should I, I invest £50 million on a different player for you? Or why should I give you £60 million that's instead? That's what I was going to say. There's no way they can... I don't, I, I, I can't, I can't see it. And I, and, I, and, I, and I say that based on the way that the Cronkays do business across their other sporting ventures. They do invest, they do throw money down. You know, they throw, look at, if you look at the LA Rams, they've thrown a lot of money down to make the LA Rams one of the most competitive um, sides in the NFL. It hasn't um, entirely worked yet, but they've um, acquired top, top talent on major deals out there. But well, Shabs, you got to remember though that the, the the team that sold that bought Pepe is all gone. They're all finished. They're all out of here. Raul. What do you gone. mean the team? Oh, you mean the um, the actual individuals involved in that deal? Yeah. All yeah. Gone. Yeah. But all of them still, but but the investors, the person who put that money down, and isn't. And this no, and but that's, they that's... but they sanctioned forty five million for part party, didn't they? This is and this essentially is they sanctioned money for Awar as well. So this is my this is my issue, right? Because. Um, if you say like, oh, you know, are they going to then justify another buying another fifty million pound player this that and the other? But if 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 what they're saying is true and they want Arsenal to be a serious club again, you have to eat decisions like that. You have to just eat them and take it as part of part of the game, right? You look at we it's sign as like a, their mistake yeah, as it is yeah, as it because, is because my my, my 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 thing is I want to give this example. Yeah, we signed Lacazette. The same time United signed Lukaku and the same time Chelsea signed um, Murata and Bakayoko. Yeah. Mm. And all those signings were hyped up. They were supposed to be good thing. Big money, right? Flopped. 75 million for Lukaku, 70 million for Murata, you know, 52 million for Lacazette, 40 million for Bakayoko, right? And they changed managers. All these clubs have changed managers. They've realised all these players are not it, right? And what they have done is they've said, boom, they're not it. We're going to oh, shift window. them. Yeah. We're going to shift them. We're going to go. We don't care that we spent 75 million. We're going to try, we're not going to try and force it. Right. But Arsenal are the only club who, who then decide, right, no, we spent 50 million on him. Right. We bought another striker of 50 million and we're still going to persist with this guy. And that's where we go wrong. Right. You can move on from these players. You can take a hit, reinvest the money, someone younger, someone cheaper. Right, move forward, make progress. I'm not saying United are run very well because they're not. They're run uh, shambles. Uh, but I'm not uh, saying Chelsea are they run. They still very got well. good money for that. I hear you, but they? you know the difference. But you have to, you have to eat these things. And this uh, what I'm, I'm I'm talking aspirationally. I don't. I'm not saying that they're going to do it. They're probably not going to do I it. Hear but you. I'm saying these are decisions that we need to make if we're trying uh, to make progress. No, I hear you entirely. I agree that those decisions. Like they yeah. make multiple of those signings. I'm just... They they do, and they but but they can write these things off. And I'll say the major oh, difference yeah. is look, that Fred is still there. Money, they're, they're, like those things happen. Yeah, their flex is different. Their flex is different to ours, man. Like they 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 they've got pulling power in a way that we 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 
we don't or we don't I wouldn't say it's pulling power it's financial it's financial muscle yeah sorry financial muscle that's what I'm yeah that's what I meant when I said pulling power but yeah they've got financial muscle in a way that we don't you know they flex they flex different so this this is is why I don't want to read any any PR pieces in the athletic about the Cronkies because they're not serious they're not serious I'm not I'm not interested in you telling me how they sanction this that and the other because really and truly a serious owner does what Chelsea did in the summer. Yeah. He says, boom, right? You went back in. You had two, you had you had a couple of years with no spending, right? Boom. Here, here's Havertz, here's Werner, here's Ziek, yeah, here's Thiago Silva, here's a keeper. Yeah. We had a summer with no spending, and we got Xhaka, we got Mustafi, we got Lucas Perez, you know, we got these men. So but I believe I believe you gotta be balanced though because you got you gotta remember Chelsea um made about 150 million of 150 million of sales the summer before, then didn't sign anyone for another window. So they had that they had that money ready. Like yeah, I don't even think it was an injection of cash, they had that money ready. So yeah, I think that there, there has been an injection probably of cash from the Cronkies to some degree. Again, I agree we should have we should have um, capitalized on this market way better than we than we did. We should have tried to get push our wire through as a minimum at least. Um, we and we should have tried to offload other players as well yeah, to supplement. This, this is the model. And, uh, yeah, this is what we're going to yeah. get to because we talked about in the group about Edu. And I think Edu has done, I, I can't really judge his, uh, what he's done too much um, in terms of incoming because William, there's, there's, there's stories about, I'll tell you, I went to them, I do, I do actually didn't want him. Then Tobias was just an easy deal. They were, they were going to do that anyway. And David Luiz was an easy deal to do. They were going to do that. Mari and Cedric, I don't quite know if I can attribute it to Edu or not. But what I can attribute to Edu is that we sell the players that we're supposed to be selling this summer. And mm-hmm. we had we had interest in Kolasinac. We had interest in Holding. We had interest in Chambers. Mustafi. They are all still at Mustafi. Mustafi, Mustafi and Uzak can caveat because they don't want to leave. They don't want to, they want to see out that contract and um, go on a free next summer. Cool. Those two, if they stay, I can understand. But Socrates wanted to leave. Holding was willing to leave. He, he, he basically sanctioned his move on loan. And um, I believe Chambers had interest from Fulham. He left, He went there before. Why would he be against going there again? And um, mm. Kolasinac wanted to go back to Germany. These I men thought are still, that was agreed. Yeah, <laughs> these men are still here. Do you know? Mm. Bellerin was considering going to be out. Still here. He's not playing. Ainsley met announced. He, that deal was nearly done as well. He's still here. We didn't. Not playing. Exactly. Not playing, not utilised. We didn't do the business that we're supposed to be, be doing on that side. And that affected the business of incomings. So that's this is where I can judge it and say, listen, ultimately... I think our window's been okay. Gabriel Partey, I can't lie, fantastic signings. And I'm glad we got them at the club. But we could have done more if you'd have done your job in selling. Mm. Could have done more. Or I would have been here. Let's um let's move on to some listeners' questions then, because um, I'm sure we're going to be able to touch more on um, some deeper t- topics. Uh, Thierry, so these are all from the patrons. Uh, big up all you lot. Uh, Thierry21, he asked, uh, would oh, Sabozlai no. in Jan be a good, uh, good, good signing? Well, we're talking about it in the group chat. Um, as we well, he's been a topic of our group chat and mm. um, he's, play, he's playing today. Um, mm. he's playing right now as we speak against Bayern Munich, yeah, against Bayern Munich, yeah. So, he t- has he been he t- doing he, t- he turned over the ball? Obviously, yeah. I've been focused on the on, on this podcast and giving you listeners 
top quality content. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. As you but always what do, Seb. But, but what I did know... Jones and caveats. What, what I did notice is that, yeah, no, nah, he turned over the ball for um, Bayern Munich's second goal, man. And it, and so I tweeted and I messaged in the group chat because I know certain people are just losing their minds I'm and hungry. spinning. When you say turn over the ball, though, what was he trying to do? Because nah, this is my to, big he's, thing he's, with Sebastian. He's, he's trying to carry the ball out in yeah. his half and, 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 and literally turn... <laughs> literally yeah. turned with the ball lost it um, and they went down the other end and, and scored from it so I've just got straight in there you lot can see anyway but I've gone mm. straight in there and said oh send the eyes you know um, but yeah I, 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 it's an interesting one he's a player that I like um, I've been calling for him for, 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 for a little while before um, we were genuinely linked with him Mainly because of his age, he's a young player. Um, it's the type of model that I believe we need to be conducting our business in, in terms of buying young, promising talent across um, um, Europe, who we can um, look to get in, who can be effective for us, but who we can look to um, sell after a couple of years for profit. So he's cheap, he's attainable. Um, I think he would give us something that we're missing in the final third. Obviously, he plays in the Austrian league. Um, the standard is different. He kind of sets that league alight every week. Um, the levels are different in the Prem. But he's got a lot of, 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 of raw attributes that um, I quite like, that I think are, 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 are good. Um, I think he's versatile and can probably be used in a, in a range of different positions. So he can probably be used in the centre of the park. He could be used higher up on the left um, or um, in the number 10 position so I think we've got some versatility um, there as well as an option um, how I ultimately look to um, judge him and his performances have come in the Champions League so when he's playing at that top level um, against top opposition how has he performed um, and generally he's been okay he's not a player that I've looked at and said nah I don't I don't like this guy or I can't see it happening or whatever so I'm kind of for it um, I'm not sure if other people have a different uh, opinion on that. And yeah, it's, it, it is a risk. I think he's a high risk, high reward type of player. Um, but yeah. But he's like also 20 years gamble. old, man. He's also 20 years old. And I don't yeah. think it is a gamble. I don't think it is a gamble. I'll tell you why I don't think it's a it's, gamble. It's, it's, it's 25 million pounds. And even if he doesn't. Not, um, 25 million euros, even. 25 um, million euros, think, yeah. 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 It's, not, it's not a gamble but, because yeah. even if he doesn't slap yeah like even if he's um even if he has a pepe like season so what listen like it's um, well, the you know, only still, reason... he's still gonna retain some value and uh, he's still yeah it's not it's not a big transfer fee you can write it off the, like it's and the, and the only reason i i, I said he's a gamble because i've spoken so positively about him the only reason i'm saying he's a gamble is is because um from thinking contextually about the the whole picture can arsenal afford to make signings at this point in time that don't work. That don't work for mm. us. At that price, that's that's that's, that's the only and and yeah and and exactly and that was the other I mean, my other side of the be, argument you've answered. Listen, it. He's I've not going to be got, any worse than what we've got, is he? So got, I don't think I've so. Because I think we are overthinking the signing. This guy mm. is twenty five million euros. He's uh, one oh, of the hottest him. youngsters in Europe. Okay, yeah. okay, some of his game, some of it, in some of his game, there are some flaws. Listen, if he would go Dortmund. And then bang, in the next two years, we'd be like, oh, we should sign. 100 million. Yeah. This is the type of signing we should take a 
a risk yeah. on, even though I don't think yeah. it's a big risk, because even it's if he can't work in the first year, he can still work in the second year. He's the type yeah. of player that can... Even if he don't work value. in the second year, he can still work in the third year. Exactly. He's yeah. the type yeah. of player, yeah. he, he only needs one season to just double his value all of a sudden. That's the yeah. type of player he is. Yeah. So he's a much better gamble or like or a signing than someone like Pepe because Pepe you you hit you pin, pinning your hopes on Pepe you put yeah. Yeah. all your money in the, all your money in him you put all yeah. your money on reds and you, 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 paid, reds. <laughs> you paid the fee for Pepe what you would hope to have got as a resale fee yeah, so we yeah. paid the resale fee for yes. Pepe yeah. do you know what I'm saying yeah. it's like whereas a Bosliar it's a no-brainer for me because yeah. and he, can he's, add he gives you attributes that we don't have as well yeah, no don't get me wrong. I'm sure he is a very frustrating player. Yeah, I can he's 20 years sure. old. Like he's 20 years old, and he already improves our technical um, ability on the pitch. He improves our goal scoring um, potential. He improves somewhat improves our chance creation potential. Even though I don't think he is as creative as some may lead you to be. But then not- I think I was a bit harsh on him um, because going back and watching some of his other games, he is a reasonably creative player. Like he does make yeah, things happen. He, he can make things happen. He's a high risk, high reward player. I, I, I likened him in the group chat and I think a few people were saying what? I likened him to, to Bruno, not stylistically. I don't think that they um, are, are the same type of player in terms of the way they perform, the way they move with without the ball, but high risk, high reward in terms of he's, the type of player who gets in and around the box, who um, is a catalyst for the attack. He looks to make things happen. And I think he can make things happen both with and without the ball. I think he can make things happen with the ball in at his feet. I can make, mm. I think he can make things happen um, with the way that he, he, he moves off the ball, off, and, and, oh, yeah. off what I've seen of him to date. That's and there's room for him to grow. We spoke about this as yes. well, like so judging players at, at 20. Um, yes, Dan Kuhn, you raised this too, point. Yeah. yeah, and we spoke about this again on Sunday. Judging players at 20 as this is what they're, this is all they're ever going to be is, is ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. And also when, you're not, when you haven't watched them and consecutive games and stuff, I think it's... And it's understanding not, game situations. Yes, it's, yeah. not, it's not enough of a sample size to then make a, a judgment on them as as um, as um, as strongly as you can make. And then also you got to think that some players that watch players consecutive amount of games and seen them a lot and their analysis of the players or the, the perception of what they think that players is still wrong. So yeah. I think we've got to be just a bit careful about that. Um, yeah. what, what I will say is though that um, he's not really my type of player as well. Like, but I see that he has things that would add to the team. And as yeah. as you said, high-risk, high-reward, I'm actually not a high-risk, high-reward fan. I prefer players who take calculated risks and have a high level of quality executing this. But those players are rare, extremely rare. Those players are Udegaard. Like, this, that's the type of player that is. Yeah, he's not that type of player. Yeah, you can't you can't get that player for 25 mil just like that. No. You can't. So mm. you got to look for players that can add to the team, have a good profile, and then, uh, so Buzzer certainly fits that. And we, we look at, we look at, uh, if you look at the City Spurs game, like De Bruyne is the best player in the league. And I'm not saying Sobozza has anything like it, but people looking at like just stats. De Bruyne gave the ball away like 29 times that game, passing accuracy like 70%. That's the way he plays. When it doesn't come off, it looks, it doesn't look good on the numbers. Mm-hmm. When it does come off, it's sublime. So No one's talking about it. Yeah, when it does come off, yeah. Yeah. I think we, we just got to use context and we've got, you know, I mean, take it, man. Like 25 million in free installments. Come on, man. Come on, man. You, you talk about dropping 7 mil in in, in January. That would get you a Dennis Suarez, man. Come on, like, yes. <laughs> let's, let's let's just be sensible. Like, everyone's moaning 
you know, all the stats nerds and everything like that. Like, I feel like this is one that everyone can actually agree on that it just is the right sort of move that Arsenal should be making. It should be a no-brainer. It's young, yeah. there's high potential, just bring him in. You know, there's there's no, I don't see a downside of signing him because for me, a signing like that doesn't prevent you from getting additional pieces no. as well, right? And You're but, not we, thinking... but this is the thing though, we should be getting additional, we shouldn't yeah. be, the club, this is more for the club. The club yeah, shouldn't still needs be... To be coming another, uh, there still needs to be a war or yes. something else. There's, yes, there needs to be a more, there needs to be another creative option because suppose like it's not going to be it by himself. Like no, he is no. not Superman. That and like you guys alluded to, he is not an Odegaard type. He is not. He's not an Urzel type. He, you know, he's not that type of player. So I don't know. No, exactly. So um, so we're all in agreement that good signing, yeah. Yeah, let's go. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Sasha, she asks, is 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 it now time to give Nelson a run of games? Pepe is out. William is asked. To be fair though, again, like and I know it was ten men. And I know it was ten men, but you, you know. <laughs> You know, when Nelson, when you come on the pitch, right? Again, it's your opportunity, mate. Like, it's your opportunity. Like, show us something. Show us something. You know, it's, like, it's, it's funny. When it was 11, I thought that the first five minutes of that half was was decent from Nelson, you know? I was like, oh, mm. he's doing some nice. He's keeping the ball. He's making runs and that. And then as the half went on, boy, he just, he stunk <laughs> up the, he stunk yeah, up the joint, man. It's peak. It's, it's peak. I do feel for him as well because, like... It's obviously it's not the right, I guess, c- circumstances that he wants to be playing in, right? You want to be you want you, you want to be seeing a lot more of the ball rather than having to take your your moments. Yeah, right. And he's in, a connector, in, right? He, he likes to connect play with. He likes to link up with other players, and we weren't we we were playing with one attacker over there, one attacker here, like mm. so much space in between play. That's that's not Nelson's so, game. So, yeah, so I don't I don't want to be too harsh on him because I I just feel like tactically we were all over the place as we've said, you know, down to 10 men I think we were slightly better, but even then we didn't really see much of the ball. It was like, you know, 20%, 80%, 20% possession in that mm. match. So I feel like when you're not getting many touches of ball and then you have to do something, you know, in that moment, is Nelson really that guy? Probably not. So you know, I hope William. Uh, I, I don't hope William's injured for a while, but I hope that you know he's no, I not. Do. <laughs> I hope. I, 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 I'll, I'll be the one to say it, Dan. I don't mind. Yeah, and it's it's a funny one as well with Nelson because I feel like he's lost the manager's trust. Because mm. if when Arteta first came in, he was getting quite was a project bit of in, time in 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 the league. Right, I think mm. he started that. that was all PR, was, man. That was all PR, you man. You think it was though? Because he, he, yeah, he was he's doing a Happening for Pepe though, like you know, it wasn't He's just doing the a... Pep Guardiola thing, man. When he was like talking to him after the game, you know, <laughs> shaking him up and stuff, putting his arm around, yeah, doing all this. Yeah. No, but it is true though. He 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 did feature a lot. He, did, he featured yeah. it, but like you know, he was getting the FA Cup games. He was in against Leeds. Who's the team that we played? Did we play Blackpool? It's Portsmouth. Did we play Blackpool. Oh, see. oh yeah, Portsmouth. Portsmouth, we played Portsmouth. It was like Pablo Murray's first game, isn't it? Um, he, yeah, he, 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 do you know why I think he played? Because I, I think I tell quite early realized Pepe's application is pants. And mm. in the games Nelson played, he was quite intense, like he was working hard and stuff. Um, but I do uh, to answer the question, um, I, th- I think he, I mean, we don't have that many options right now. And even before this game, I said I think he should be given the chance to start at least one of these games from the left and be just and play with Saka. I need, I need Nelson and Saka to both play. Because at this moment in time, we don't have 
We don't have um, partnerships in the attack. There's no players there. You know the way Uzo and Alexis used to just find each other all the time. Ramsey and Uzo used to find each other all the time. Um, Wilshire, Wilshire and Giroud used to play really well together. Like, do you know what I mean? We don't have those partnerships in the attack at the moment. Just like, it's just individuals. Yeah. It's a bunch of individuals and rigid attacking patterns. So and yeah. I, I feel like Saka and Nelson have like that natural partnership when they're on the, on the pitch. And we mm. only saw it once where when they worked really well against Leicester, actually. Leicester, yeah. And that was one of our better performances this year. So I'd like to see them both play together. Um, and I think that would be, that would be, um, I would look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Arteta can't afford to, um, to, to mismanage the situation with any more players, to be fair. Mm-hmm. He, can't, he can't afford to just freeze um, any more players out or not give them fair opportunities. He's going to realise he's going to need them sooner or later. Or he'll come back to bite him again. You know? so the the season's well. long though, isn't it? The season's long. So yeah. We've, I've, I, I still feel like we've been a bit um, impatient. And I think maybe because we're seeing players on the pitch that we don't really want to see. But I think there's something we need to remember. We're basically playing two games a week for the whole season. Yeah. So, and we're only in November. Well, coming up to December. But there's still so much left of the season. You know, like yeah, there's still so much time for these players. So much games that these players can play. You know, players are going to get injured, you know. I think it's a bit of PTSD, man. From last year, we saw the way things deteriorate. And some of these, some of these signs are here. Like, mm. I'm, and, and I'm not saying that Atta can't turn around and he can't make better decisions going forward and the team can't play better. I expect a lot of those things to actually happen. Mm. Um, but we've seen the, these warning signs. And that's, this is the reason why a lot of fans are like, what the fuck's going on? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? You know, that's, that's where the criticism stems from. But... Yeah. I think you make a good concern. Um, you make a good point. The season is long. Um, I just hope that he gets it right before Christmas when the games come even thicker and faster. And uh, if we're not around the top four come Christmas, it's going to be very, very hard. Even top six, it's going to be very, very hard to to finish in around those places. Yeah. Um, well, oh, we're lads, we're done. I've do done not, the math. Do you, not, do you not reckon that Nelson and Willock would have been? In the squad, had Partey and El Nene been available? Probably not. In the squad, ooh. yeah, no, probably not. Is it still, a, it's still seven? Is it still seven man squad? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Who else yeah. was on the bench? They had Maitland Niles. We had the keeper. Um, it, it Ketia, would, was it? Yeah, but it would have reduced um, Shaka and Lacazette. Yeah, but it would have reduced Shaka and Sabios. Or either them two, or a combination of those, you know, one at least to the bench. If had those two been fit, they I mean, would have bo- played yeah. for, sh- for sure. They would have both been on the party. bench. Party, uh, I don't think they Not would sure have both. Either. I think no, they would have, have because if, because if when it um, wasn't in, then it might have been Sabio, Shaka, and Party. Yeah, our you bench. Know what I mean, yeah, I don't man. think they both would have been. I think at least one of them would have been. Our, but, our yeah, bench. Yeah. We had run. We had Saka, Mustafi, Maitland Niles. Inketia, Nelson, Lacazette. No, it wouldn't like, have been. I think. I feel like, yeah, if Partey and, and, and Nene were fit, I feel like they they wouldn't have even been in the squad. In know, the squad, so. yeah, yeah. I don't think the so. The squad is huge, yeah. isn't it? The squad is huge. Yeah. Um, Omni Wrench, twelve thousand. Uh, another patron, big up you. How lucky is the club that the fans aren't allowed in, helping avoid a toxic atmosphere? Mm-hmm. The Arsenal fan base is toxic, man. For real, man. We've got a bunch of future listeners, man. You know the ones there, man. Horrible. Um, I think it. Yeah, I think it. Um, I think it aids um, Arteta. It definitely helps him because I think um, 
you know, the fans to be in the stadium, to get on, on, on. fans will be getting on his back, you know, and it will be um, much of a muchness of kind of what it was under Emery and, you know, the fan base divided. The fan base is already divided, to be honest, with some people saying, nah, um, calling for his head early doors. I think it's really premature, to be honest. I still think there's a lot of legacy. There's a lot of cultural legacy in the side from Wenger. There's a lot of legacy from Emery. Um, this is the legacy well, of Where's the legacy from Wenger? Well, what, what, ap- ap- apart from Xhaka, Mustafi and Uzu, who else is here now? Kolasinac, your boy Kolasinac. He don't play, bro. He's there, bro. Do you not understand? He's here. He doesn't make the squad, bro. Aubameyang. Same as Uzu, he doesn't make the Aubameyang, Lacazette. Aubameyang's a positive legacy. Lacazette is not Lacazette's a positive still legacy. still there from Wenger? Yeah. There's, 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 there is a... I don't think there's many, you know. That's a, that's a lot. That's, that, we just named about we've, seven guys, but would you we've mean? Had, we've, had big squad, we've had big, big squad turnover. And for me, like, you, fair enough, you can say Wenger's legacy and stuff, but these men have had ample opportunity... To get rid of these guys, and they've, yeah. they've decided not to, man. I like, didn't say, yeah, I didn't say only Wenger's legacy, though. I, I started with him because he was first. But, you're, but, you're but, right. but go you're back right. to the question, lads. Go back to the questions. Do you think? Do you think that the lack of no founders is aiding Arteta at the moment? Yeah, hundred percent helping him. Mm. Yeah, but there's no. But, boost, but we are struggling at home, though. I wonder would our We're home form be better if we had fans? Because it, as a general rule, we've seen win percentages go down for home teams as they would have, uh, uh, as they would in normal seasons with fans. So this is where balance is, though. Now away from home, we we, we achieve better performances, you know. So mm. yeah, Lewis, man, we scored nine goals all season, nine league goals mm. all season. Like, <laughs> like if fans do it, if we need the if fans do the job, we're gonna need a bigger stadium. <laughs> That's what the, I'm the, saying. The, the thing is, though, Shabs, you say that, but home advantage is indisputable. Yeah, abs- it, absolutely. Is, you know, it, 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 there's and we've been struggling at home. We're rubbish, man. Abs- absolutely, but I don't. I, I, I don't. We've been I rubbish, and we've been rubbish under Unai Emery and and won our home games, and we've been rubbish under Arsenal and won our home games. I think we had no it's fans broke. last season, though, man. The back end of last season, we had no fans. You know, I do feel we like did, it affects we scored games, more than though, nine goals. Man. I do feel no, like I, it affects games. I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. But I, I wouldn't. Um, in terms of looking at variables and direct correlation, maybe to performance, to goal scoring. We scored nine league goals in nine games. Yeah, I don't think I don't think yeah, I don't think I don't think too much would change, but maybe maybe we just scored like an extra goal here and there, you know, maybe. Who who knows? Um cool, Wavy says to rank our wingers in order. This is fucking awful. <laughs> My this is just God. mental. This is are the we, whole are we counting Saka as a winger? Yeah. I'm Ram. muting my mic. He goes Saka. Don't, don't do that to my bro, man. He goes, he goes Saka. Saka by then, a distance. And then and then everyone else's pants. <laughs> Who's the worst? <laughs> is it William? Is William? Yeah. Happy and William at the moment for real. What you think? So you think Nelson's better than them, man? At the moment is William. William is the worst right now. I think William's the worst. Yeah. Because William's yeah. not even playing well in the Europa um, games. We, at least, we at least we Pepe ain't... slapped a few in the Europa League. We, we've William not seen... has not scored a goal for us yet. We've not yeah. seen one. Seven out of ten performance from William, I think, overall performance. Even that Fulham game is capped at six because it's Fulham. No. <laughs> Even that Fulham game, he was pants, man. He wasn't good. He wasn't good in that match. He just got the numbers. Yeah, but we've not yeah, you, we've you, not what is we've not had one good performance from William. I, I wouldn't put him above a seven, but he gets a seven for that for that first game. That's it. Right, he, he, he does. Give him that he one. does. 
No, he does. Only that one. But I mean, that doesn't change it anything for me. He's our worst thing. Like he answers. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I just disagree with not a one-seven performance. So uh, Kofi B twenty twenty. I think that's uh, another one of my Ghanaian brothers. You know. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's shameless, that? man. <laughs> he says hell? two. Uh, he says two touchy gooners. Very polite lad. He is, you know, that old stereotype that Ghanaians are very nice people. You know, <laughs> so he says two touchy gooners. Don't you think we should swallow our our medicine and admit that to really get the best of Alba, he needs to play two up top. Now be now be polite, lads. All right, he's he's a nice gentleman. So, what do you guys think? I, I don't I don't think he necessarily needs. We don't necessarily need two up top. I just think we need we need bodies in a, in and around him. Basically, I think his best football comes when people are close to him and can supply him. I think he's not got the best hold up play. I don't. I, I think his hold up play is poor, but I think he he is actually a good combination player and is good linking up with people uh, in and around him. You saw it. In a Sheffield United game, he was able to pick up positions, lay the ball off for wall passes and, and move off, off those passes. And I think that's where he's best. So for Arsenal, that's only come when he's played in a two with Lacazette, really. Otherwise, we've not really had the creators around him, um, which is probably why Kofi's saying that. But I just think we need to get players closer to Aubameyang to get the best out of him, is my opinion. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I, th- I, don't, I don't think we need to... I think Obo is perfectly capable of he's shown it I mean he's perfectly capable of scoring from the left if you know if 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 needs be um most of his goals from Arsenal have come playing left wing so I don't think he needs to play two up top um would it help him at the moment with this with this structure would it would it help playing no I don't think so because we don't have someone that 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 would play with him up top that make him Unnecessarily, I think so. Or how like it wouldn't would we get better, would we get more out of Lacazette playing Oba up top with him? I think that what we what we would sacrifice in the in the middle and in terms of that extra man, I think um it would it would um it would we would be wide open to to be attacked. And I think unless it's the midfield of Partey and El Nani, perhaps we would really struggle in transition. So I think um we need that extra body. Um, I think two up top. I can't really see it. I think we don't have the we don't have the profiles to do it, really. I think, um, yeah. I think as you said, get closer bodies to him would be a way of doing it. If we just, I know this is this is only one half, but if we if we can get close to playing like that che- and their Leicester game, even though they concede a lot of possession to us, and I do think other teams would do that to us at home, just concede possession to us. If we can have a game like that and Aubameyang plays centrally, if we have a performance like that and Aubameyang plays centrally, I'm actually quite sure we score one or two goals. So mm. we just need to start finding ways of replicating that type of performance for at least 60 minutes and we would win games, mm. I think. I think So it's, it's, it's basically the way we get him back scoring is to, to sustain attacks better. I, I, I say there's a lot that a lot of times the movement comes from when... When the opposition has the ball, or when you turn over the ball and then the opposition attacks you, or no, when the lines, sorry, I need to say this properly, when the lines push up. So if the opposition is deep and you turn over the ball, um, like we did against Leicester a few times, but we won the back very quickly a lot of times as well in that game, they have to step up the line as soon as they win the ball, right? This is what you call counter movement. So a bumming is very, very good at counter movement. It's like, there's like, there's certain certain stats that show that he's like one of the best counter movers in, in football. So 
when the line steps up, he always moves in behind because the space has now been given because they have to give it, right? But we are not quick enough to release that ball and we're not quick enough to find those little t- little one-two passes to get into these areas to even release that ball. If we just improve that by a, a slight, we will create quite a few more chances, I think. But yeah, this is all this is all bullshit until until next game when we see we're looking to turn Jacques centre back or something like that. So this is just dreams, dreams and nightmares. You know? let, let, let's do one more question then before we wrap things up. Um, I think this question is like from my alter ego or maybe even my burner account. I might have. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we have a burner, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I don't bar. know if I do. I mean, but maybe I do because judging by this question, I really, really enjoy this question. So this is from Pillard eighty one. So he, first of all, he starts off with this, right? He starts off with this. This is quite long, so I'm going to read it out. He says, uh, what the fuck is our set-piece specialist being paid for, seeing as none of our world-class players could get a corner past the first man? Right, so he he, he, he stops there, right? And then and then about five minutes later, he's, he's coming with another bit. And I think he's just, at this point, he's just lost his rag. So he's like, right, and follow-up, why does none of our players tear into the player that has just ballooned the corner over the area and out of play straight at, <laughs> straight at the head of the the nearest defender big ta would have <laughs> would have had willian or pepo by the throat for you younger listeners ta is a uh, big tony adams he said um big ta would have had willian or pepe by the throat if they did two corners in a game like that no repercussions for things like this is the problem whole squad is too fucking nice to each other all right, what is, what and is, lots of exclamation marks. Wait, what is Hillard eighty one? I need to know what his profile pick. Pillard eighty one is my is my is is, Wait, is my favorite now. Big you up, yeah. man. Pillard, big yourself up. Pillard, you sound like you're um, <laughs> flexing for the. Um, you sound like you're flexing for the um, for the for the job. You know, like you could go in and do a better job. I don't know. Sounds like you're suggesting that, but yeah, man. Um, no, I think he has. A, I think he has a point though. I think he does. Yeah, I think he does. Like, absolutely. I'd never sit here and entertain it. If I, if I Are we, uh, this let's let's talk about his 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 um, points though. Like number one, um, why are our set pieces so bad? <laughs> what, what, why why do we insist on doing the set pieces that we do? Um, is is our set piece coach only being paid for defending set points. pieces? I don't think we've like, been good at set pieces since um, Santi. Santi Carzola left. I think it's since Wenger. We were very good on the Wenger um, 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 on set pieces, you know? Did you say we were or we were not? We were very good on the Wenger. Yeah, attacking set pieces, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you said we were not. I was going to say her. Maybe defensively. Secondly, do you think our squad is too soft? Like, are are they too nice to each other? Like, they don't want to have a go. This soft stuff, I think, is overblown because I can't... Football is just like that nowadays. Get used to it. Like, yeah, man, we're not, we're not soft, man. And, and David Luiz is soft, you know? They're just we got, David we got hard nut, hard nut, day, man. Hard mm. nut, EDL member Danny Ceballos getting into beef left, right, and center. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. S- SDL, SDL, more like Spanish Defense League, yeah. Catalan Defense League, yeah. I don't know whatever they're whatever they're voting about and that, like over there. But yeah, he's he shaved his head now. He's he's coming. He's coming. He's trying to fight everyone, man. So, yeah, I, 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 I think there's certain players I would like to see moan more though I, I think Aubameyang I would like to see him mm. shout at some of these midfielders a bit more because he because <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie there's, there's times where this guy he's, he's literally he's making runs and they, they literally they don't even look at him they don't look up yeah. he's, um, he's I, would, nice. I would like to see him like instruct them where to play it kind of thing a lot more because they, they're letting him down man. what I've noticed with yeah. Oba though I think he has more of an introvert kind of 
um, attitude. So like he is very reserved with his emotions. He his thing is more like you can just see his head drop. Other players like Vardy is more of a like get a fucking ball to me, get it over the fucking. He's more top. of an expressive like, you know type. I mean? Yeah, he's he's, he's more of an expressive, expressive on the pitch. Whereas Oba, yeah. I think he's more like he's gonna you're gonna see his body language be more dejected as the game goes on. Um, it's a cultural thing, isn't it? I, I, do you remember when even the contract announcement when he had to wait for his dad's approval to to do you know what I mean sign a contract? Mm. Like that's like a bit of a cultural yeah. thing, I think. He's just like mm. you hold your emotions in, kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, Pillar eighty one. I really enjoyed that question, mate. So uh, fire up, fire in with uh, some more of those questions in the future. I'm, 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 <laughs> Really enjoy it. You're you're my new favorite listener. Where's Pillar from yeah. Twitter or um or Patreon? Discord. Oh, he's on the Discord. Yeah, I'm gonna hit. I'm good, gonna good hit. Good old Gillard Pillard eighty one. He's old school. Up. He is. Yeah. But anyway, lads, we'll, we, we, it's been quite a long pod, so um, we're gonna we're gonna yeah, call it a day there. Time. Yeah. And, ooh, I did say we want this to be done by before ten, but yeah. Um, guys, um, it's been a pleasure having you. Uh, if you enjoy Touchy Gooners content and you want to subscribe to our Patreon, then go and join our Patreon. The link is in the bio. Um, lots of exclusive content on there. Uh, you know, we've had interviews with J. Emmanuel Thomas. All sorts of journalists are on there that aren't available to you normal listeners. Yeah. So let that be having you. All right. So, um, yeah, go and join our patrons. You can join for as little as £3 a month. You get access to all the Discord lives and all that stuff for the Arsenal games. And we'll be back uh, with a patron piece this week and with a normal pod next week as well. So, guys, take it easy. Let's to 2 2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Sports Social Podcast Network.